Informant podcast should not be interpreted as legal advice and are intended for general information purposes only. Welcome everyone to today's podcast. My name is Danielle Smith and I am Burton Foreman's Director of Marketing and I'm also a member of the firm's Diversity Committee who is responsible for bringing you today's special podcast. I'm excited to chat today with one of the firm's Diversity Committee initiatives, our pre-law program. The firm wrapped up its three-week virtual program a few weeks ago. We wanted to catch up with some of those students now that the program is over. Now, this was the firm's first ever virtual pre-law program. Typically, this program is offered in person in various cities across our footprint. No surprise this year, the pivot from in-person to virtual was driven by the current pandemic. Now, more than ever, the firm felt it was really important to be able to offer this resource to undergraduate students preparing for law school and eventually a career in the legal field. So the firm welcomed 33 students from across the country into the virtual program, and we are joined by three of those students today, Greta Chen, Elijah Moore, and Evan Boykin. Welcome, all of you, to the podcast. So why don't um, you all tell our listeners a little bit more about you, you know, where you're currently in school, and maybe what your plans are for the future. And Greta, since you're our, our veteran from doing the program twice, I'm going to ask you to kick us off. Yeah, thanks for having us, Danielle. So I'm Greta, and I'm a rising senior at Duke University studying economics, and I will be applying to law school this fall for the next year. What about you, Elijah? Thank you for having me, Danielle. Uh, I'm Elijah Moore, and I'm in my final year as a law and public policy major at Mercy University. I'm involved in SJA Pre-Law Society, and I serve as an RA for my school. Next year that I plan on attending law school in Georgia, currently residing, and I'm looking at Emory, Mercer's Georgia School of Law, and GSU. I'm especially interested in like corporate and commercial law because of my interest in business law. Awesome. What about you, Evan? Tell us about yourself. Hey, Danielle. Thank you for having me on today. I'm Evan Boykin, and I'm a rising senior at Auburn University, majoring in political science. Fall, I do plan to apply to law school, and I have hopes of going to UC Boulder to focus on environmental law. Well, let's kind of jump in and talk about this going virtual. And I know you all are, are so used to kind of the e-learning and virtual formats by now. But tell me if you felt the program was still beneficial, even in this kind of, you know, virtual format. And, and I'm going to get your thoughts on that, Evan, first. Yeah, so I thought overall the um, virtual format was great. I don't really think it took away from anything. I learned a lot. I thought you all did a really great job of having everything set up for us so that we could um, really experience the internship in the best way possible. The Blue Jeans format was really nice. It worked well, you know, every single time. And so overall, I really enjoyed the virtual format. What about you, Elijah? Virtual learning has always been a little tough for me because I, I just really value face-to-face interactions, especially in learning environments. But I think like Burn Foreman truly went above and beyond to make sure that myself and everyone felt like they had the same resources and contacts that we would have gotten in like normal experience. I think this pandemic has been difficult for everyone to adjust to, but if schools manage to stay as organized and engaging as this firm has done in this program, I think students will have a much easier time. Thank you, Elijah. And we're certainly hopeful that next year we can have the in-person portion of our pre-law program. And and on that note, I'm going to ask Greta to weigh in because Greta actually had the opportunity to participate in the in-person internship last year. So I'm going to ask her her thoughts in terms of a, a comparison. 
Yeah, so I was really sad not to be back in person, but I was very impressed with how the firm was able to maintain pretty much all of the same programming. So like Evan said, the practice group leaders and meetings and just being able to ask questions to like the associate panel. And I also felt like the attorneys all kind of tried to make themselves more accessible. And, you know, with you guys posting the contact information online, I still felt like I was able to make more meaningful relationships this summer, even though we were virtual. And one of those, you talk about posting the the contacts online and and the videos, and, and one of the benefits of going virtual is it allowed us to make the program very flexible because we know there are a lot of students in this program who have part-time and full-time jobs. So tell me a little bit about maybe how that flexibility really helped you. Can you tell me about that, Elijah? Well, during the summer, like I actually had quite a bit going on despite it being in the quarantine. I was taking part-time online classes at Mercer. I was taking prep courses for my RA training. And I also had a second internship at Romanoff Renovations. The classes and presentations I was required to be at for certain times kind of restricted some of what like what my regular schedule would be. So being able to take advantage of some of the panels and discussions being recorded and posted was like pretty essential to the summer internship. While I believe like these experiences were probably best attended live and being able to ask questions and engage with the different people of the panels and the different discussions that were going on, I definitely think it was a definitely use it was a useful resource at times. What did you think about the flexibility, Greta? I really appreciated it because my family, after the first week of the internship, actually relocated. So we were moving and I didn't have consistent internet access and there are always people at our house. So I think for me, it was really helpful, especially just because given the pandemic, there's always everything that would be difficult normally is even more difficult. So I found it nice that I could just kind of rely on my peers to ask questions if I knew I couldn't be there and just go back and rewatch things even if I had been there the first time. So I feel like I was able to kind of retain the information pretty well. Awesome. And what about you, Evan? Did it did it help you being able to go back and, and watch those videos afterwards? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I really enjoyed being able to go back and watch the videos again and listen to what everyone had to say. And I, I really enjoyed the flexibility because I was studying for the LSAT. I'm going to be taking it on August 29th, so it was really nice being able to, you know, schedule my LSAT studying and also be able to participate in the internship. Great. So one of the the goals that has always been uh, part of the pre-law program is to really help our students feel prepared for the law school admission process. So in part of our program, we had various uh, professionals from law school admission staffs from law schools across the Southeast. In addition, we had a resume class, a cover letter class, and then and then I led a, a short little LinkedIn class. Talk a bit about how kind of all of those, you know, resources maybe helped you all feel little bit better prepared for the law school application process? You know, was there anything in particular that you kind of like took to heart? Greta, what did you think about that? Yeah, I really appreciated the law school panels, especially since um, I know like I and a lot of us are applying this fall. And so I think before this program, I didn't necessarily have a good idea of what to look for when applying to law school. But listening to all the representatives talk about things like the clinics that the school offered or the types of firms and organizations that typically recruit on campus kind of pointed me in a direction of what I should look towards in the process of applying. And then I also found their insight on the personal statement helpful because it's not something that 
it's not the type of writing that you typically do in school. Um, and I think one person said, you should think about it as where I've been, what I've done, and where I want to take it in the future. And I feel like that really gave me direction on how to approach the writing, the personal statement. Yeah, absolutely. Evan, what did, what did you think about all of those resources? Yeah, so I wanted to touch on like the LinkedIn class that you did. I know you, you said something that really stuck with me. You said to just always be conscious of what you put out on your social media pages because it can come back to bite you in the butt, you know, later on in the future. <laughs> so, you know, just going through your pages and just cleaning up things that could, you know, potentially have some type of, uh, it could potentially look bad to certain employers or whatnot. Not that I necessarily had anything on mine that I really want to get rid of, but I thought that was a really great point. And um, like Greta said, I really enjoyed the um, law school panels. It really opened my eyes um, as to like what the different law schools offered. Um, like for instance, at the during the Georgetown Law School panel, um, I thought it was really cool how you could also get your like a joint LLM and JD, or also like a master's program. I didn't know about that, so I thought that was a really great opportunity and learning about different um, degrees that you can also get while pursuing your um, law degree. Yeah, and I know I kind of talked about in that LinkedIn class, like, it's unfortunate, but in the world of of social media today, you know, recruiters, future employers, you know, law school admission professionals, they are looking at social media, all of your profiles. And even though it's something that may have been posted 10 years ago, it's just better to be safe than sorry and, and clean it up and do, you know, a social media audit, so to speak. Elijah, do you have anything to kind of add here about maybe how these resources benefited you? Yeah, well, I personally thought this was possibly like the most informative part of the program, especially with the resume uh, and LinkedIn classes. We were like not only instructed on how like how to create and organize and attract a resume, but like one that was tuned to law school admission boards and, and law firms. And also, I think I kind of dismissed the importance of developing a LinkedIn into like a professional standard until um, I had taken this program. <laughs> Well, that's good to hear. <laughs> so tell me all, is there something that, you know, we had practice group leader discussions, associate panel discussions. I know you met quite a few folks virtually from the firm and learned about the different practices of law. Was there something that maybe you learned that surprised you about the law or you just found particularly interesting? Evan? Yes. So I really enjoyed learning about the story of the Mississippi State flag with John Lasseter. I found it really interesting to learn that in Mississippi, you know, they're not allowed to host like predetermined like sporting events in their state because of the NCAA ban on Confederate flags. And so just throughout John's whole story, I just thought it was so great how he really wanted to change, I guess, the the identity of Mississippi and show people that Mississippi had progressed, you know, by advocating for the change of the flag. And, you know, with all this going on, Black Lives Matter movement, um, you know, and police brutality, I just thought it was really great that, you know, someone like someone like him is at Burr and advocates for, you know, equal treatment of all races. Yeah. And for our listeners out there, what he's referring to is one of our partners in the Jackson, Mississippi office, John Lasseter, sort of helped with the process of very recent retirement of Mississippi state flag. And he did so by kind of enlisting help of the NCAA because of its ban and kind of really helped push that through. So it's a really cool story. And we're actually hoping to get a podcast soon on that as well. Greta, anything that you learned that you thought was interesting? I know you you went through the program last year, but anything that stuck out to you this year? 
I think I really appreciated just all of the attorneys telling their stories on how they ended up practicing um, in whatever area they were. And I think something that I didn't really think about before was that when you graduate, it's not just about choosing the area of interest in which you want to practice, but it's also a large part is whether you're more interested in the transactional practice side or the litigation side. And so I think that really stuck with me because I know that I personally would want to do some litigation, but I also don't want to completely cut out the transactional side. And so I think especially hearing from the labor and employment practice group and hearing how they were able to kind of have a pretty good balance of both really made me want to keep in mind what kind of work I would actually be doing at a firm. Elijah, do you have anything to add? Well, yeah, I'd be obligated to kind of agree with Greta on this. And I was a little surprised in just the divide in litigation and transactional work that lawyers do. Um, I think that I've always had assumed that every lawyer was required to deal with both parts of the job equally. And this was just came it was a little bit of a surprise to me. However, in like the panels and talking with some of the firm's lawyers, it became pretty clear that this was not exactly like the case of just like it being equally distributed. And some of the positions and areas of law call for more transactional and some more litigation. So I think that's definitely something I have to look for in the future as far as going into looking into what kind of field I want to go into for law. Yeah. And, and on that note, Elijah, and I know you've kind of already mentioned this, too. What are what are your front runners right now so far as to what what kind of law you want to pursue? So, yes, thank you. I, I'm still considering corporate and commercial law at the moment. I learned a little more in talking to some of the attorneys in these fields of the firm. And I believe that this is probably the path I'm going to take. Business law and public policy affecting and how public policy affects businesses have always kind of been areas of interest for me. And learning about them uh, even more throughout this program have only given me, made me a little more excited to pursue it. What about you, Evan? What are you kind of looking at right now? So I'm really interested in environmental law. I know I mentioned earlier that I'll be applying to UC Boulder. Um, They have a really great environmental law program. Ever since high school, I've always had a love for nature and the environment. So I can really see myself focusing in on that area when I attend law school. And Greta, I know you've kind of already hinted on this too. Anything you want to add there in terms of your interest? I think I would also just say that I like how um, a lot of firms and organizations allow law students to split their summer so they can spend half the summer at one place and half at the other. And I know Burr does that with the associate program. So I could definitely see myself for half the summer coming back to a firm like Burr and doing something with labor and employment, just working more with people and their relationships with their workplace, but then also spending half the summer in a more public service position doing something like civil rights litigation or something along those lines. So part of our our pre-law program this year, because we weren't able to have you all in person, is we really wanted to still be able to build connections with you guys and attorneys in our firm. And so we created mentor-mentee sort of match program. And I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about your experience there. And I'm going to ask Greta, can you tell me a little bit about your mentor-mentee experience? Yes, I loved the experience. So I was paired with Brooke Watson, a first-year associate at the firm, and she was just incredible. Um, We would talk through all the weekly assignments, so like the case assessments and memos, and she would take the time out to give feedback. And she was very honest, um, but she also made me feel like I was capable of succeeding in a legal career. And we also talked a lot about the law school application process. Um, She shared her personal statement with me and she was also a graduate of Duke. So reading her personal statement about Duke basketball really brought me back. (laughs) Yeah, and I just think that 
as a woman of color in a predominantly male-dominated field, having that kind of mentor relationship with Brooke was one of the most valuable parts of the program. Yeah, Brooke is a great mentor. Uh, I would think something you can definitely continue to, you know, build that relationship and, and stay in touch for sure. Elijah, do you have anything to add here about your experience with your mentor? Yeah, well, I think at first I was a little intimidated by being paired with an attorney, but when I got to talking with Kevin Stone, he was he was very chill and he invited any questions that I had. Uh, I think he was really important throughout my internship. Uh, everyone kind of needs someone who they can ask, like, you know, like maybe like the dumb questions to and uh, check that like you're doing the right thing throughout uh, with the assignments or whatnot. There are no dumb questions at this point. We don't expect you all to know everything, you know, yet about the law. So, you know, having those mentors there as a sounding board through the case assessments and the other assignments was was certainly something that was important to us. So on on that note, talking about assignments, so one thing we started last year as part of our pre-law program, we started a tradition in ending the pre-law program with a, you know, moot court competition. And this is where we paired each student against one another. One serves as the defense, the other as the prosecutor, and they have opening and closing statements. And this year, the students were actually given a case that dealt with Fourth Amendment rights. And we bring in attorneys from the firm to judge the competition. And of course, you know, our attorneys test and interrupt our students, just like a real courtroom, because we certainly want it to be, you know, feel challenging and This year, of course, we had to do it in a virtual format. So let's talk about maybe the challenges there as it relates to preparing and and getting ready to argue against, you know, your peers in this in this virtual setting. Um, Evan, can can you tell me a little bit about your experience in that competition? This is probably my favorite part of the program. I really enjoyed um, the mock trial competition as far as it being virtual format. I didn't really find it difficult, you know, in terms of presenting my arguments to the judges. I kind of just imagined as if they, I was in a courtroom and they were there sitting in front of me. So that just kind of helped with my presentation. At Auburn, I'm in a, I've taken a constitutional law class that dealt with the Fourth Amendment. So all the cases I went over really helped with preparing for this case for our mock trial. And overall, I really enjoyed it. Um, it really put me in the mindset of how attorneys think. And it was overall just a great experience. What about you, Greta? I wish I was as confident as Evan was. I think for me, it was hard in the sense that it's much more difficult to read the room. So I um, have done a lot of debate uh, at like Duke and also in my high school. And I think I rely a lot on kind of reading body language and facial expressions of the judges because you can kind of tell like, oh, do they maybe not understand what I'm saying or do they not really agree with what I'm saying? And you can adjust yourself. But I think that was much harder in the virtual format. So I had to force myself to be kind of more simple and concise just to avoid any miscommunication or confusion that could occur when you're talking virtually. Yeah, and you make a good point on on being able to read body language and facial expressions. I I tuned into a few of the virtual mock trials where people's screens got frozen. (laughs) Their expressions are kind of frozen on the screen. And I'm sure that was very intimidating for for the students (laughs) to see that. Elijah, tell us about your experience with the competition. I I spent a great deal of time preparing for the moot court. And I've got to say, like, the most challenging part of preparing for it was probably looking at, like, provided Supreme Court cases within the brief and just trying to look at every angle to see what could be built as an argument for the other side. Going to the actual event, I kind of realized that the judges 
worked a lot like your opponent uh, in a way that they gave you like questions that required for you to defend a piece of your case and uh, designing a case that would be able to address that in that way was definitely like the most challenging part of it. I think that case building was important as the foundation and it was definitely necessary. But at the end of the day, I think like the blocks per se were like pretty crucial to the competition. So I kind of want to wrap up, you know, our conversation today with this question. You know, in thinking about everything you've learned and absorbed during the program, do you still want to go to law school? <laughs> Has your perspective about a career in the legal field changed at all? And I, and I think I know you you all three have already mentioned interest in, in certain areas of law, but I'm just curious to see if if maybe your perspectives has changed going into the program versus coming out of the program. What about you, Evan? After the program, I'm still interested in attending law school. I'm not sure who mentioned this, but in one of the practice group leaders, a lady mentioned that, you know, the field is quite saturated, but, you know, in being in the program, I've learned that with the JD, you can do so much, you know, your opportunities are endless. So, you know, once I have a JD, like, you know, I can do so many different things. So I don't really feel like I'll have to worry about you know, getting a job or getting placed somewhere. So, you know, I do still plan to apply to law school. What about you, Elijah? Yeah, the uh, program has given me like so much more confidence that I'm in the right career path. Like between some of the assignments that I feel like I did better on and actually talking with some of the lawyers about their different fields, I've definitely gotten more confidence that I'm like in the right place I think there's like a lot of intimidation, like, you know, the potential hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt you could go into when you go into law school and it makes students often like question whether they're entering the right field. So I think Burn Foreman has made it really crystal clear for me that I, uh, where I want to be. That's great. What about you, Greta? Yeah, I would just echo everything Elijah said. I think it's kind of difficult to see what a career in law would look like if you don't have friends or family in the field. And so I think programs like the pre-law program that Burr does is really helpful for prospective students. And I think for me, I just remember one of the attorneys saying how important it is to kind of have a diversified field of knowledge and that attorneys have to be experts in what their clients are experts in and not just in the law. And I think it's that kind of variety in the things that you learn and are exposed to that makes me really certain that I want to um, attend law school and have a career in law. Great. Well, thank you all three of you for for joining me today on the podcast. I was really excited to kind of chat with you all and as well as getting to know each of you during those those three weeks. And I'm I'm hopeful that you all will stay in touch with us and you know if we can ever be of course as a resource to you guys as you prepare for law school, you know, we're always here, uh, myself and, and our firm with open doors. So that wraps us up for today. So thanks everyone for tuning in today. Be on the lookout for future podcast episodes brought to you by Burr and Foreman's Diversity Committee. We are actually launching a women's podcast series very soon. Uh, In addition, Burr has a library of podcasts available on various legal topics such as e-signatures, labor and employment, And we have a weekly Take 5 podcast, which gives you the top five things you need to know each week as it relates to immigration. You can find these podcasts and other information about our firm at burr.com, B-U-R-R.com. Thanks, everyone.